I just kind of left it, but then, like I said, I think just picked it up more recently. And I think the pandemic is probably a big reason as to why. I think everyone has a super unique story the past couple years as to like how they got into golf. There's so many people I come across. Golf is like now a connection point. They were playing for a couple months and then I started going with them too. And all of a sudden we were hooked and we were playing multiple times a week, like going to the range all the time. Of course we were shooting like 120s. It's just so bad, but it's just so fun to be around friends and like just golf, right? What's good, everyone? Kendra here with another Golf Homies podcast for you. It's been a minute since our last one, and if this is your first time listening to our airwaves, you may hear us say homie a lot. To us, the meaning of homie is simple. A homie is someone you feel at home with, and my homie Kyle is exactly that. I met Kyle through my good friend Daniel Kirkham, who we also had on the podcast back in 2021. Kyle was a college basketball player and a late bloomer to golf. Perhaps like many of you, Kyle's interest in golf peaked during the pandemic. I'm super stoked to introduce you all to Kyle. He's a kind and energetic soul and brings a new and fresh perspective to the game, which was really interesting to hear from my perspective. So I hope you enjoy the conversation, enjoy the laughs, and without further ado, here's Kyle Owens. So I grew up in uh, the Bay Area, California, this small town, Los Altos, kind of like a countryside town a bit, but there's a golf course we went to all the time, Shoreline Golf Course, and it was, it was just a public course, pretty pretty regular, normal, but that's kind of where my golf journey, I guess, kind of started, and I think that's where, that's where I was coached, that's where I'd hit with my family, I'd hit with friends. I remember playing like just a couple holes here and there, and that was like always fun, but I think at that age, which is interesting, is like, I just always thought golf was like so slow and boring. I remember watching like the Masters or like the Open with like my parents. I'm like, this is so boring. Like you're waiting for hole after hole, and it's like, it's not fast paced like basketball or football, which I think like turned me off for a, a, a multiple reasons, but my whole family was like always engaged in golf. Like my parents, grandparents, like big Tiger Woods fans. When I was like little, probably like early middle school years, my parents taking me to like the driving range by our house all the time. And I just kind of like would hit next to my dad or whatever. Ultimately, I kind of got into a few lessons with a coach. Um, it never really went anywhere, but took a handful of lessons. And yeah, like I said, didn't go anywhere, but I think I got like some very simple basics down at that age. I think it just stopped because I started to get attracted to like other sports and then started playing other sports and I just kind of left it. But then, like I said, I think just picked it up more recently. And I think the pandemic is probably a big reason. Yeah, it's really interesting. You, you either get like kids that played golf like myself, like early on stuck with it and played it alongside other sports. Like I played basketball. You obviously played basketball, get into that. And then there's the kids that maybe started playing and then lost interest quickly because because of those barriers, because it's slow, because it's it's tough to find like relation points. Walk me through your your childhood into like middle school, high school and college with sports. Yeah, so I think uh, growing up as a kid, like I, I was like super active. My parents really pushed for that. Um, I was playing like basketball. I was golfing a little bit. Um, even did like triathlon, swimming, soccer was a big one. Like all these sports like, throughout my young years, constantly active. I think as you get older and it's inevitable that you kind of start to focus on certain ones. I'm better at this. I'm not as good at this. For me, that was, that was definitely basketball and soccer during my middle school years. Ultimately basketball is kind of what, what took me to school. It, it, there's also, what's interesting to me too, there's this kind of aspect around sports where it's maybe not pressure, but this 
thinking you got to be attracted to like the sexy sports for me that's basketball baseball football soccer like the ones the action sports right like all your friends are playing those sports growing up like I had like some friends that were golfers right and they're kind of like the outliers almost because it's like oh he's the guy that golfs he's not really part of a team 10 guys or whatever and and like looking back that's just a poor way to look at it I think it's just because like nowadays it's like who cares like you're still an athlete right um I have respect for like all athletes now regardless of whether you're a tennis player or a football player as you mature in life looking back it's kind of a different perspective yeah it's also like from a golf standpoint you probably could have taken golf as far as you wanted had you gone to your parents and like hey I want to pursue golf there would have been resources and like golf tournaments and stuff for you to play for I kind of reference this a lot on this podcast but very fortunate to grow up in in Oregon who had a really strong um, junior golf program and like did you have anyone in your life that was like Kyle we want you to play golf you're gonna play golf or was it hey here's a golf club you can try if you like it great if not you can do whatever you want yeah there was there was really no one in my life pushing me to play golf I think it just kind of fell in my lap as parents were would would golf right like we had golf clubs in the garage and I'd like kind of play around with them and then go to the range with them while they hit I would hit too there was no pressure to like really play golf it was just kind of like my parents do it so I'm gonna try it out too yeah, that's and that's that can be like the 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 key like make or break. Like for me, bas- like like you, basketball was like my my love. That was my thing. And I had an uncle who was golf crazy who I like idolized and then my parents, you know, thinking forward, they were like, you know, golf would be great for her to do and play and get a scholarship and all that stuff. So I had that I had that person like pushing me to play. My parents, we're going to sign you up for the golf tournaments. You're going to play because we think it's a good thing for you to do. I had like a love-hate relationship with golf for the longest time. And especially like in my younger years, all the way through college and playing professionally and all that. So I, there was times where I was like, I love golf. And there was times where I hated golf. It definitely helps when you have that person or people pushing you to play. And if that's not there, sometimes your desire to play isn't going to be there either. And you just move on to something else, but kind of moving forward here to like more like modern day or like, yeah, I want to hear about like golf reemerging in your life. Nah, yeah, it's actually, I think everyone has a super unique story the past couple of years as to like how they got into golf. And it's like super funny because almost there's so many people I come across that it's golf is like now a connection point. Right. So I think like for me, it's, it's funny. Cause I had a couple buddies that live over in like Northeast Portland, went to school with one of them and been friends with the other one for quite a bit. And they ended up becoming roommates. And, um, I, I started hanging out with them quite a bit and they started going to a range like down the street from their house and like really had no intro to golf at all. They just started going. And then they were playing for a couple months. And then I started going with them too. And like, all of a sudden we were hooked and we were playing multiple times a week, like going to the range all the time. Like, of course we were shooting like one twenties, but like, like, you know, it's just so bad, but it's just so fun to be around friends and like just golf. Right. And like, it, it, I also think like I went to lunch with a mentor of mine today and we were talking about how like golf is like one of those few sports where it requires a lot of mental energy. And like, it also, you're not on your phone. Like it just totally allows you to escape from like life almost and work. But like, going back to like what I was saying is like my buddies and I would just golf like multiple times a week. We we're so bad, but it was still so fun. And then we were like, Hey, if we're going to golf this much, we might as well like try and like get decent. And like for a couple of years we were, we were golfing and slowly finally got under a hundred and like, and everyone knows once you get under a hundred, it's so hard to chip away from there. But yeah, that's kind of been the journey. And then I think like being a fan of golf too, like I'm, I'm a huge fan now too. I watch all the big tournaments. Like I'm a big fan of like, certain players as well and like I think that's a big piece of it and I'm, it, I, I consider golf like a true hobby now. 
yeah, it's um, it's definitely something that like kind of what we talked about, like there's a lot of stories about how people like, especially right before the pandemic and leading into the pandemic got started. And, and it was in a time where you really only had digital like communication with people, like going and seeing people in public places, like wasn't super easy, but you obviously could, you know, on the golf course. So, and since then, since, you know, sort of 2020, it's just kind of had this like steady growth, which is obviously amazing to see. And with all of these, new people and new styles, new personalities, just new everything. It's like creating this sort of uniqueness to golf and kind of everyone's bringing their own like little flair to the game, which is great. Which golf courses in Portland, like were you guys playing? Was it just one? I think it was, it was Glendevere. It's funny you bring up Glendevere. I have, that's my, that's what my buddies and I consider our home course. A lot of people consider country clubs their home courses. We have Glendevere, but yeah, so that's where it like all started. I mean, I go to the range there. I still go there quite a bit, but start going the range there and then like playing there multiple times a week. It's like cheap and it's just great. And like, you can be terrible at golf. You can be great at golf and like all people are welcome. I, that, that's my home course. I still play there quite a bit. Um, I've played so many courses around here, but I think, uh, what's also funny is that like Glenvere is like, like I said, like super cheap, but like you shoot a good round and you're like, Oh, I'm like decent. And then I'm going to go drop 120 bucks at the reserve. And then I shoot 110 at the reserve. I'm like, okay, I just blew 120 bucks, but you know, it's still fun regardless. And like, I come back and I'm still like, you know, I still love golf, but as far as like my clubs, it's actually funny too. I had my old boss in my recent company. He used to live in my apartment building and like, he got into golf during the pandemic too. And like, he got into it a little bit before me, but he bought like all this rad gear, all this super expensive stuff. And then he ended up moving out of Oregon and, um, I ended up buying the clubs off of him. So I have like a really good set of irons, driver bag, like kind of all the gear. I think that's another key thing too, is like just talking about how like the entry fee into golf is like kind of intimidating. Right. And for me, it wasn't cause like I got such a good deal on clubs and like good things. And I like feel like, okay, I'm worthy to show up at these courses, but it's funny. Cause I think I try to get a lot of friends into golf and they're like, Oh, it's so expensive. And like, I don't have like to get the right gear that other people have. And it's like, you know, it's just kind of interesting to think about that too. Yeah. That was kind of like an interesting aspect because you and I were at Nike at the same time. And that was one thing that we really like were harping on at that time was Okay, identifying the barriers to golf and how does Nike as a brand like break those down or make it more accessible? And it's like kind of kind of a hard thing for like a sportswear company to do. But I'm curious, like leading up to so you had like a big hiatus between when you were a kid playing golf to when you got back into it, like during the pandemic, like getting back into your mindset of before you got back into golf, like what were like what just like barriers into the game? Like what are like just kind of curious in your general thoughts on all of that? I think like that hiatus that you kind of like spoke to, like you, I don't have a job like during that time. Right. So like, obviously I don't have money to like get into golf. So I think that's like one barrier. And I think like once I got my own job, like now I can start to afford like playing around, I can start to afford the gear. Right. Like I, so I think that was like, I, I would say like money is definitely a barrier. I would also say the other one, which is pretty interesting is, is kind of like how, like how good you are, your skill. I think that's a, I think that to me could be like the number one. Cause I think you show up to a lot of these courses and there's like all these people with like all this top gear and like, 
you know, they're at the range just striping balls down the middle, and you're like, okay, I don't deserve to be here. <laughs> but, you know, you still play, and then you even play around, and you're like, you can just tell the people you're paired with are, like, annoyed that you're golfing with them. But I think that, to me, is, like, the biggest barrier of golf. I think if people can kind of get over that from, like, both ends of the spectrum, like, as young people, like, just not caring that, like, hey, I suck, but I still want to golf. And then on the flip side, like, these people that are experienced and are really good, like, just being welcoming to all people, like, that's how I think golf, and I think part of the reason why golf is progressing is because that there's like that shift in kind of mindset around the game. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Golf is like is kind of a unique beast in that way. It's like I don't know. You could like thinking about different sports. Like I could go, I could go take a basket. Like let's just say I like never played basketball before, and I just had this crazy interest in basketball. Like I could go to a, an outdoor court and find a hoop where no one's at and just sit there and just lay bricks all day. And, it, and like, you know, no one's watching, no one cares. Like it doesn't matter. But like at a golf course, it's like, rarely do you go to a golf course, whether it be the driving range or out on the golf course. And are there, are there no people? Like there's usually someone around, there's usually someone watching. Everything is kind of like moving like in slow motion at a golf course. And there's a lot of time for people to kind of like sit there and, and evaluate like what other people are doing and further so it's like any other sport too it's like you can like all these other sports you can find public access to where it's like it costs you nothing other than like maybe having to go buy a basketball or buy a soccer ball or whatever whereas like golf you gotta you gotta buy clubs you gotta buy you know, the, the round of golf you gotta buy range balls you gotta buy all these things and if you don't have anyone sort of like helping you out or someone that knows what they're doing like it's like I can imagine it would be extremely intimidating I'm kind of like going through this with my partner Hannah she's got the golf bug and she's you know she's played probably I don't know a few a couple dozen rounds of golf in her life and and most of those have come in the last you know couple years and just getting to her to kind of understand that it's it's okay to suck it's okay to hit bad shots like it's okay to do all these you know quote-unquote bad things but I'm shooting 120 out of the gate like I go with my two buddies and like my buddy shoots his first drive off the tee box into the street my next buddy shoots it into the trees like the best I can do is just is just a little better than that so like I think I think that's like a huge hump too and I think like just being around people that are all have the same mindset and like understanding of like where they're at versus like if you're around a bunch of pros and a bunch of people that think they're really good, it's going to be a little tougher. Yeah, that's, that is such a good point. Like I, it's funny cause Hannah's actually going to, to the driving range tonight with a friend of hers that I think is, I don't know, probably a beginner as well. And being around people that you can relate to in terms of skill level that you're all kind of on the, you know, the same, you know, playing field and, and just, not having to worry about like people judging you or like whatever, like, cause they're going to get up and hit a shitty shot as well. So, um, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Is there one golf story that sticks out to you from whether it be at the driving range or the golf course with your friends? Like, is there just like a golf story you have? I think there's like one story that really sticks out to me and I, I laugh about it like all the time, but it was like one of the first times we've been to Glenavere is like maybe the second or third time my buddies and I went to Glenavere. And it's the second hole, and the second hole lines, like, the street that's, like, right along Glenavere. And my buddy Andrew, like, lines up his drive. And, like, he's been, like, telling us, oh, dude, I've got my drive dialed. This thing is so good, man. And, like, it's the second hole, so, like, he's, like, getting ready to shoot this thing. And he, like, 
stripes it hard left into a Cadillac. It's just like, and like you could, you just hear the thump on the road and we're just like, Oh my God, dude, we have to like leave the course, but we like stay. And then he like lines up, but he's like, okay, I'm going to shoot another ball, puts another ball on the tee. This one goes hard left into the street. again. Like I was like, dude, I was like, dude, your golf journey is not looking great right now. But my buddies and I were just crying laughing. Cause we were like, dude, how do you shoot? Dude, how do you shoot too hard? In, like hard, like at Glenover, you got to shoot that thing hard left to go into the street. It's like literally a U-turn. But um, I'll never forget that story, and like we still laugh about it to this day. But it's just so funny because that car took a dent to the windshield. So yeah, that's amazing. God, yeah, drive drive at your own risk by by golf courses, and it's funny because like I'm trying. I, th- I think I, I so amazingly I've never played Glenover, and. I, I don't know how it's possible. I haven't played, so I hadn't played Heron Lakes um, up until about two weeks ago, another classic Portland golf course. Um, Glendevere is, I, I've driven by it many times, and I think I even like warmed up for a tournament there at some point. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a classic Portland spot. You got, yeah, and like I can't believe I haven't played it, but I'm, I think I know the hole you're talking about, and like, yeah, that would require some serious hookage going on there to, to hit. I love that you did it twice too. That's incredible. What's like your, like, is there a shot that comes to mind? Like your best shot ever? I mean, I keep harping on Glendevere, but I, I don't know. I love that course. But um, on the last hole on the front nine, um, it's a par five. It's the only par five at Glendevere. And so I shot, I shoot my drive perfectly straight. So I'm like, okay, great. Um, and then I get my four iron out and then I stripe this thing down the middle. And I'm like, there's a bunker right next to the green. I'm like, okay, this is either going in the bunker or it's going to land on the green. And there's this little hill that kind of separates the green from the bunker and it hits that hill and just drops like right next to the hole. And I'm like, Oh my God, I have a chance to like Eagle this thing. And I'm like, okay. And I'm walking up there just thinking about, I have to make this putt. And I'm like, ended up sinking the putt. And that was my first Eagle ever. And it's like, that's the best, that's the best hole I've ever played in my life. Cause I'm like, I mean, getting to Eagle is like really hard. So I was like, my most fond memory. Yeah, man, shit. People people go their whole lives without making Eagles. That's a, a memorable hole for sure. Kind of curious. I want to hear just a little bit about what you're doing now for work and like how often do you get out and play? What is your what does your golf life look like right now? And like, I want to hear about like what you're doing for work and, and all that. Yeah, so I, um, I guess to start, yeah. So I work at On, uh, which is a Swiss running company. I'm in marketing over there. I mean, that's kind of my day-to-day. It takes a lot of my time, but um, in tying it back to golf, like I, I still golf pretty consistently. I mean, I travel a lot for work, but anytime I can kind of get out with like friends or coworkers, like I try to. So I mean, I'm probably golfing like, I would say I'm playing around at least every week and whether that's nine or 18, but around. Right. And then I try to go to the range. Like, I mean, once every couple of weeks too. Um, so I'm definitely getting a few experiences of golf in every couple of weeks, um, which is good. And one of my closest coworkers, he's a big golfer. So I've, I've gone a handful of times with him. I think the other thing too, is like with travel for work and like kind of even seeing family members too. Like I try to take my clubs, um, all the time. Like I've been fortunate to golf in Hawaii. I've been fortunate to golf like down in LA by my mom and hoping to golf back East as well. But like, it, I think that's like something that people forget is like, you can just slap your clubs and on a trip and like whether you use them or not, like who cares, but you can always squeak nine in or something. So do you golf in your on running shoes? I've tried it once. Cause we got these outdoor shoes that would be great golf shoes. I do use another brand for, for golf shoes, <laughs> a, a brand that shall not be named. I just love, I love the idea that Glendivere has like such a close, like 
like space to your heart. Like, I think that's, I think that's really like, that's the, you know, that's kind of the opposite experience I had as a kid. Like I was fortunate enough to be able to go and play at a country club and, and all this stuff. And as I've gotten older and kind of gone through just different phases with um, just golf and stuff. And I have, I, I play Eastmoreland a lot here in Portland and that course has like really captured my heart. And like, just from the, just from the perspective of being a public golf course, that's affordable and has character. And I mean, Hey, it's, it's great to go out and play like the most pristine, like clean cut golf course out there, but there's nothing like a, a city owned parks and rec golf course. There's just, there's just something about it. That's just, it's just got a mystique to it almost. So I just, I just love that Glendevere has, has been that for you outside of Glendevere. What would you say is your favorite golf course? And are there any, is there any golf course out there that you've heard about that you haven't played that you want to? Let me, let me first comment on your Eastmoreland comment. Eastmoreland humbles you. That humbles me every time. Every time I think I'm like a decent golfer, I go to Eastmoreland. I'm like, okay, I'm terrible at golf. But <laughs> the amount of balls that Eastmoreland has of mine, I mean, it could fill a probably a medium to large bucket. Have you? So have you played 18 there? You played both both nines. So it's it's like for people who haven't played Eastmoreland, it's like the front nine is like completely different to the back nine. I the, I would have to agree that like the back nine is kind of crazy and definitely has taken a lot of my golf balls as well. It is a, is a humbling course, but, um, needless to say, I think, um, my favorite course and I'm actually playing there tomorrow is Wildwood. That's probably my favorite. I think it's like from a serene and like scenic point of view, it's like great. And I've, I've actually shot my best round ever at Wildwood. That was 87. So that was my best round ever. So also that holds a small place in my heart, but Wildwood is great. I'll also play when some extra money comes in the pocket. I try to go to the reserve as well. That's a great course too, but those are two, two of the, two of the big ones. Yeah. yeah Wildwood uh, is a, is a good friend of uh, Lion Loft for sure. Um, we've been out there a few times, done some drone stuff and um, it's a, yeah, it's a very unique piece of property and the course layout is unique as well, which is great. I'm, I'm all about that. Um, give me, give me a golf course that has, you know, 18 different holes, you know, as opposed to some of these golf courses where you, you can't remember the round because every hole looks the same. That's honestly, that's a, that's not, Wildwood is not easy. Like I've, I've played out there a few times and it's challenging. Like there's some undulating shots. You got some kind of crazy greens out there. So to have your PR at Wildwood is, is definitely something to, um, to write home about. Do you have any golf rituals or do you have any superstitions or is there anything like, like pre-shot routine? Is there anything you have to do before you hit a shot or like, what's like, what makes Kyle on the golf course unique? Yeah. So I think like to start, I definitely have to hit a bucket cause, or like at least a small bucket. Cause I've gone before, you know, when you fly into the parking lot, you're like, okay, my tee time's in like three minutes. I've like done that before. And every time the first shot is just so bad. I mean, I'll either miss the ball, the ball will go three feet or it's going hard left or right. Um, so that hitting, hitting before is definitely a big one. I don't know. There's also like, I, I work in the fashion industry. So there's something about like the aesthetic of golf. Like I feel like a lot of my buddies like don't care and they'll just wear like t-shirt and shorts. And like, I feel like I have to show up like a golfer. And like, to me, that just gives me like mental confidence every time I play. Um, so that's a big one too. But I mean, besides that, I, I, I changed up my putting routine and I don't know, I have more of a pistol grip now. I think that's proven me well, but aside from like rituals, I don't, I don't think there's like anything. It's just kind of, I don't know, a confidence. Yeah, that's pretty, that's, that's all though. Show up, got to hit some balls, got to get loose and look good, play good. Right. It's kind of funny. I've actually had the exact opposite, like 
experience. Like I, my whole life, collared shirt, shorts, belt, popped collar, because I was like that. I was that kid. Warm up, go through the whole gamut, like all of that. And now it's like, like what you see I'm wearing right now is what I will wear, like to Eastmoreland. Like I, and like I won't hit balls. Like I'll just, it's almost like for me, it's like I, if I don't show up in proper golf tar, if I don't show up and hit balls, then that's my excuse for like why I played shitty. And then I like in my head, I can justify it. There is one thing that I have noticed though, as far as ritual is I've played a whole round, like without having a beer. And like now I've realized like if I have a beer, it just like kind of relaxes you. And like, it's kind of funny. I mean, as silly as it sounds like you drink one beer, your shots are just more fluid and like more relaxed. And like, I don't know what it is, but like, (laughs) I've just noticed that after I have a beer, it's like my, my game is just more fluid and so that makes sense. I, I remember when I, when I played, like when I was playing competitively and like, really like I couldn't, I could not have a drink in any situation, any capacity on the golf course, cause it would just completely derail me. But as I've like, as I've, you know, moved on to a different phase of golf, like I'm kind of the same way where it's like, I, if I won't like the max I'll have is probably one beer, but it's absolutely like there's 100% a correlation for people like having a beer just to loosen up, take the edge off. And that kind of helps, you know, gets, gets things going and you kind of relaxes you a little bit and you kind of just become like more like in the moment as well. I feel like just with like a little bit, you know, more of a relaxed mind. And, um, it's a, it's a good, it's a good little, uh, inhibitor for sure. There is like something funny about rituals though. Cause I think as bad as I shoot or as great as I shoot, I'll still come home and like clean my clubs every time. And like, I think you see those memes of like guys that are like praying to their clubs or like blessing each one of their clubs. But like, I will clean every single one of my clubs every time. <laughs> like, I don't care how bad, but it's just like, I don't know. There's something about just staring down at the ball with just a clean iron. And it's, I don't know, maybe it's just me. But That's interesting. I like... I'm notorious for having dirty clubs. Like my, my swing coach, like when I was playing uh, on tour, he would give me so much shit. He'd be like, these are your tools. This is how you're putting money or food on the table. Like, why are they like, just like dirty beyond belief, like clean your golf clubs. So no, that's interesting. That's, I definitely think there's like something to that and you don't, yeah, looking down, it's like anything else. It's like looking down at dirty shoes or like looking, you know, there's like stuff on your clothes. Like it's, it doesn't, you don't feel as good. You know, you're kind of distracted by it. So like the, the, the more clean like things are that you're, you're looking down on, especially from a golf club standpoint, it's like definitely going to help you. So I think like, especially in Portland, if you, especially like on social media, golf, social media, like it appears and feels like the golf community kind of is, is pretty tight knit in, in Portland. And like, if I, I think you can probably find that in Eddie city, but i um, curious, like your thoughts on just the social aspect of golf and yeah. Any thoughts there? Yeah. I think like, I mean, there's that cliche that like everyone throws around. It's like business is done on the golf course. Right. And like, that's true to a certain extent you can golf with like business partners. But I think if you take that a step further, I think like friendships are almost like built on the golf course. Right. And like, I don't know. You just build consistent friends through golf and which I have obviously done, but I think it's, it's just like something cool. Like going back to like, you're not attached to your phone. You're not attached to work. You're not attached to like the social world. Like you're just there with like your group of like three or four buddies, um, on the course. And like, you can kind of just chalk it up. And I think like, that's one of the coolest things that I've kind of found about golf is like, I truly have the attention of my, of my buddies when I'm out there and I don't know, it's just something special. And it's like one of those rare kind of sports or activities that kind of allows you to do that so moving forward into your life like how do you see do you see like golf being something that you play for life and like 
that you will center, like maybe you center vacations around to go play these different golf courses you want to play? Like, how do you see, and like, I don't want to get too far ahead, but like, if you have kids, like, would you like get them involved? Like just kind of golf into the future for you? It's definitely something I want to have throughout life. I think like Kendra, you and I are both super active people. So it's like definitely a way to like be consistently active, right? Um, without breaking your back. Um, so definitely want to keep doing that. I think like if I was to ever have kids, like would want to get them involved earlier than later. Cause I think everyone's like, Oh Kyle, you need to take uh, lessons. And I'm like, I definitely need to, but I think like if I could cement that in like my kids at a young age, they would be really good golfers. Right. So I think there's something to that too. But I think as far as like traveling with golf, like I would love to just like play some of these courses like throughout the world and even the U S like Bandon dunes comes to mind. Like I'm definitely not ready for that, but like at some point would love to do that. Like I said, I went to Hawaii and played. I played on Oahu course, like out in the forest, and I got lit up on that course. (laughs) Like, yeah, I mean, I walked. I like, I was looking down at some of these holes, and I'm like, okay, there are like 70 little hills on both sides of the fairway. Like, I'm, yeah, I. Oh, okay, I got a good story at this Oahu course. So, I brought like, I brought like, I think like maybe like. 20 balls to this course right I always bring extra balls because I'm like okay I'm gonna at the worst I'll lose like 10 of them but there's this one hole and it's like on the front nine it's like maybe hole three or four and you're up high up like on this little hill and you got to shoot down onto this like island it's literally an island like a circle in the water and you got to take a bridge to get onto the green I'm up on that hill and first shot water second shot water third shot and like there's no one behind me I'm playing by myself so like literally shoot like five shots in the water. I'm like, looking at my bag. Okay. I'm fine. Like for the rest of it. I literally was like, I'm not leaving this hole until I land this thing on the green. And like, I lost like 12 balls on this one hole. And like, I'm looking at my bag now and I'm like, okay, I have like three balls left for like 17 hole or like for like 15 holes. And I'm like, this is so bad. Like, Fast forward to like hole 16. I have one ball left. I lose the ball. I'm like, I have two. I go to 17. I have I'm literally in the bushes looking for a ball to finish the round of golf. Like I was like, this is, I was like kicking myself in the butt. I'm like, I lost like 12 holes or 12 balls on one hole. But yeah, that's a, that's a fond memory too. <laughs> that's incredible. Wait, so did you find, did, did you find a ball? I found, I found a range ball and finished the round. Um, had to play super conservatively, but yes, it was. <laughs> It was, I used like 20 balls that round. Yeah, like sandwich out. You're just like hitting like little like chip shots down the fairway. You're like, I gotta, gotta finish this round of golf. That's amazing. Are you, okay, so last question's random. Um, are you someone that keeps your golf clubs in your car or do you keep them in your place? Well, I do clean them quite a bit, so I'll do, I will keep them in my place. I, during, during the winter time, I'll keep them in my place a lot, but during the summer when I'm playing like quite a bit, I'll keep them in my car. I don't know. There's also like some part of me and maybe it's just like a flex, but it's just like, you know, when you pop your trunk open, your golf clubs are there. I feel like, and I know I'm not the only one saying this, but there's other people that are like, and DK is definitely one of these guys too, but it's like you pop your trunk open, whether you're getting groceries or like going out with friends and you're like, Oh, the, Oh, you're a golfer. You know, there's something to it. I know there is. So. Oh, I love that. That's so great. That, there's definitely something to that. I, I cannot leave my golf clubs in my car anymore because I was traveling through San Francisco about seven years ago. And yeah, in San Francisco, leaving your clubs in their cars, probably not a great idea, but I had a ton of stuff in there and I couldn't like take it all in. Walked out the next morning and all of it was gone all of it was gone. So my huge staff bag, like I had probably two, I had two iron sets. I had probably like 20 golf clubs total, all gone. 
So I can't leave my my clubs in my car anymore. Um, so Kyle, thank you so much for for joining me on the Golf Homies podcast. Yep, Kendra, I appreciate it. I love chalking golf up with anyone, whether you're as good as you or my buddies that are a lot worse than me. That's gonna do it for another iteration of Golf Homies. I hope you all enjoyed that podcast and the conversation. If you're ever in Portland, I remind you to get in touch with me. Let's get out and play some golf. Play Eastmoreland, maybe get out to Glendevere. Really appreciate you guys listening and be on the lookout for more Golf Homies podcasts in the near future. Take care and keep spreading the good word that golf is home.